Welcome to the Shabby and Man podcast. We are partners, parents, podcasters, broadcasters, and everything else in between. Adab, Sasrikal, Swagatam, Namaste, Hello. Now we are starting this episode of the Shabby and Man podcast on a high. Would you like to tell people why? Because we got nominated at the Asian Media Awards for Best Podcast. We're one of the finalists. We're in the shortlist. Yeah. Isn't that good? It is fantastic because there are so many wonderful podcasts out there. Uh, to be nominated with uh, five other amazingly talented people, to be on a shortlist, to be recognized by uh, the Asian Media Awards is absolutely fantastic. Um, so, yeah, it feels absolutely wonderful. Well, saying that, this is not the first time you've been to these awards. I believe you've been nominated a couple of times before for um, Best Radio Presenter, Best Radio Show. We won't actually go into... whether you won or not that's right this that's is a my, different story this is my third nomination in a, in a different category in three different categories uh, i'm clearly acing the nominations game but um, but yeah i think uh, it is exciting to be um, to be recognized for the work you do because everyone works really hard whether it is for a radio show or for a podcast you know Um, But you have been up on stage. I have been up on stage three times, actually, uh, alongside my team, because we were voted Station of the Year, which was extremely thrilling. So, um, yeah, in about a month's time, we'll know whether or not we won. But it's good to be in great company, and it's good to be among people who are uh, doing such great, um, uh, rolling out such great podcasts. So we thought uh, this is the time to say our thank yous now only, just yeah. in case, you know. Who would you like to thank? Well, that was a very backhanded compliment you're trying to give yourself. Yes, obviously, I would like to thank you. Yeah, and I would like to thank you. Uh, but besides that, of course, those who listen to us around the world, uh, those who support us, family, friends. If, obviously, I'm kidding. We want to thank all of you. Hmm. That's you. Yes, you. But tune in. Thank you so, so much. And we're also, I think, extremely lucky to be in a position where there are so many wonderful podcasts on. all across the world to inspire us when we first got into this you know i realized this especially so on my sabbatical that uh, a lot like writing i think podcasting is an extremely isolating experience it's just the two of us it's microphone we are talking about things that resonate with us we're talking about things that interest us hame lagta hai ki jin cheezon ke bare mein hum baat kar rahe hain dusron ko bhi unme dilchaspi hogi uske bare mein sunne mein maza aayega it's very solitary like the solitary cyclist like a Sherlock Holmes a story absolutely the solitary cyclist so when we actually put this out we're not quite sure how others are going to perceive what we have spoken about but it's always tremendously Obviously, gratifying Obviously I realize because of your radio background hmm. you get instant feedback yeah with you know, listeners calling in people texting this doesn't happen on this the adrenaline rush comes from live radio because you it is interactive and what you've said you cannot unsay uh, that is the buzz but of course podcasting takes you, you to you can edit we don't what we've said yeah. we can't unsay as well but yes. uh, that's just because we're lazy otherwise we would yeah and i think there's what gives us a buzz i think as podcasters is primarily the fact that we can talk to people around the world uh just as we enjoy listening to podcasts from all across the world similarly i'll give you an example you know we posted a very short clip of a podcast that we did on the 19th of july no you date bhi yaad hai ha date yaad hai kyunki aaj tak us par likes aur shares aa rahe hain it was the first one we recorded after england lost the euro 2020 finals against italy 
and to this day i kid you not it was a very short clip that i put up on my personal facebook page because let's face it chabian man social media needs a lot to be desired leaves a lot to be desired a uh, social media game needs to back up a bit you mean we have a social media game uh, technically we do yeah pehli baar pata chal raha hai but you know that short clip that i put up on my facebook page that i posted on my page has got some 244 shares already and these are people who we've not met people who we will probably never meet but it's so wonderful to know ki hum yahan pe apne ghar mein london mein baith ke jo baatein kar rahe hain there are people across the world it's connecting with someone somewhere someone somewhere and as you very pertin- pertinently pointed out that we analytics also tell us you know give us the pockets where certain episodes are heard more than others so you Correct. pointed out that it was a lot of our listeners it was in africa were in africa that's right i and remember that see why because you know we were talking about the um the black players in the english national team who got a massive backlash after england lost and all the rest of it so thank you all so much jahan bhi aap baith ke sun rahe hain doesn't matter where you are listening to us the fact that you are and the fact that you are supporting us that means the world to us And I know it's slightly limiting because we do speak Yama in Hindi hmm. which means that our audience can't really be that big but hmm. I think it's big enough I think people get the gist of it yeah right as someone pointed out English is the richest language in the world because it has nearly half a million words we speak primarily in English so we are hoping for a wide audience um so yeah that's our thank you speech done right right You know there's just one more thing I'd like to add which makes our nomination that much sweeter. It's the fact that this was the first time they've ever introduced the podcast category. Absolutely. Okay, so that's red carpet chatter all done because that's what award shows are all about. Let's talk about some other interesting things we did since we last recorded an episode. We've been out about this week quite a lot. Yeah. And um let me let me talk about a happy twist of fate I should say 2 years ago. an exclusive wallpaper company headquartered here in london called digone they happened to buy my father's ancestral house in calcutta we'd not even heard of them before that and i remember you uh, my father i think gave you the task to find out whether it was a genuine person company who they were what they did and all of that and in the last 2 years since they've acquired the house we've come to know the family we've come to know the brand and uh, and we've heard so much about them yeah it's you know they specialize in what they call shinozuri designs i believe you know and especially japanese korean motifs and uh, french inspired oh you have to explain what shinozuri means i think me. it's one of those old school techniques where you know you everything is hand painted on silk and then everything they do these are such exclusive wallpapers that every panel every single panel is hand painted very labor intensive very labor intensive and obviously the founder uh, mr claude digone he's trying to revive these ancient techniques and keep them going and it's absolutely amazing the stuff they do digone was all over the news last month probably because mm. um, sonam kapoor that's right showed a house in london In London she's done one of her rooms in Digone and not just that I think 2 years ago now that we have really into the brand we know more about it 2 years ago they were all over the papers here in London because when Annabelle's uh, reopened its doors after famous a nightclub nightclub after a massive refurbishment the thing to do for socialites in London was to go to the Annabelle's bar or go to the Annabelle's ladies room and take selfies and it's again an extremely over the top vibrant signature digone what do you mean socialites it's a thing to do for anyone yeah i suppose for anyone so what i'm saying is this week i made the acquaintance of uh, claude digone who heads up um, 
the the business. You mean he's the boss? He's the boss. He travels all over the world. A delightful man. And since he found it, since he's kept in touch with my father, and he keeps, you know, sending him pictures of renovations that they're doing to my father's house, which I think is beautiful. You know, who does that, right? Once you've bought it, it's yours. And he's very keen to have old photographs of my father's family to hang in the apartment, just to keep that sense of continuity going. This just reminds me. Didn't um, wasn't the Chanel advert? Yeah, Kira Knightley. Didn't yeah, they have Degone all over the. Back they end? had Degone all over, and you know they've done palace, palatial houses, actual palaces, not just palatial houses, but actual palaces. And so I went to meet him at their headquarters in Chelsea, and it was really a. beautiful day he showed me around they were uh, launching something new for uh, london design week and also they tied up with the chelsea flower show so there were flowers everywhere that's on this week right now hmm. so it was a wonderful experience what i want to talk about is the fact that houses change hands all the time but for someone to respect your heritage when he hasn't been a part of it for an englishman in this case to respect my father's family heritage in kolkata and to keep that sense of continuity going by keeping in touch with my father sending him photographs of his house telling him that look we respect that your memories are embedded in these four walls we're going to look after it and you know it means a lot to us and all of that did i think you, that's did, absolutely delightful did you tell me that he's planning to buy a haveli in jaipur that's what he says his next project is Now, they've got offices all over the world they're massive in america they're massive in beirut in china all over the world so he said that the next thing i want to do in india is buy a haveli in jodhpur revive old mewari techniques of art and put those onto wallpapers you know a strange thing sometimes you admire a piece of art but you don't really know you're not really aware of what has gone into putting it up there and he showed me this beautiful very delicate flower pattern which is there in the hallway digoni hallway in chelsea and he said that oh you know get putting this together is a nightmare because they get painted in india in their factory in hawra in kolkata then they're sent across to china to get hand embroidered and they're brought back to india for them to uh, put a uh, beautiful uh Surovsky crystals at strategic places yeah, i'm just wondering how much this uh, roll of wallpaper costs well they say the average cost is about anything between 5000 to 25000 pounds to mean, do up one mean, room you mean if you have to ask how much it costs you can't afford it you can't afford it that's how it is but all of that putting all of that to one side i just love the fact that he is a man who respects our family heritage and i love the fact that he is a man whose business is making such exquisitely beautiful stuff So that was a very interesting day. Um So you enjoyed yourself? I did enjoy myself. Can I be any coach me? We had a lovely lunch and uh, of course I got to know Mowgli the dog who clearly is the boss of Digone. An absolutely adorable dog. And I could see why he's friends with my dad now. He loves to tell a good story, so does my father. Uh he loves his dog. I remember Rocky, the Alsatian we had for so many years was my father's heartbeat. And he loves his cup of tea. Again, another similarity with my dad. So there you go. You ended up going to some very exciting concerts. I did yes in the last well, couple of days. Uh, the, uh, first of all we went to um a Steve Hackett concert. Hmm. Now for anyone who's not familiar with Steve Hackett because he left many years ago. Um there was this band this posh schoolboys formed a band in the um, early 70s. Hmm. And um, two of the band members have since left. One was called Peter Gabriel and one was Steve Hackett. Hmm. So they've left. So the other three are still in the band. Um that would be Tony Banks, uh, Mike Rutherford and Phil Collins. So the band is called Genesis. Hmm. And a huge band around the world. But um so Steve Hackett 
uh, was playing the whole um, Genesis album from from the 70s, one whole live album mm. with his new band, whatever. And it was amazing to go and watch it live. Mm. What would you call it? Uh, prog rock? Yeah, it's prog rock. Prog stands for progressive rock. You know, those long, long songs that go on for like 10, 15 minutes. Mm. It was more your thing than mine, but I have to say I really <laughs> yeah. enjoyed it. But looking at the people who are in the audience, people like us who were really keen to see what was going to happen on stage, I think that is when you can really see the passage of time. You realize how old you are. Well, everyone, everyone was a Buddha Buddha there. Yeah. That's, no, I mean, that album is before my time, by the way. The mm. album he played, the whole complete album was called Seconds Out, which is from the 70s. Mm. But I know that album. Mm. Uh, I have that album. And I think the vocals on that album, are, it's like a best of. So there's some songs by Peter Gabriel, some songs by Phil Collins. You know, normally when these big bands have a bust up and a few members leave and continue to do their own thing, regardless of whether or not they end up having a career as successful as solo artists. Most, I mean, often you hear about these disputes, you know, copyright disputes about who wrote the song and who composed the song and who's I, allowed I to play it live and who's not. You're going into Pink Floyd territory. Yeah, so how is it that this so, man was able to replicate he, a Genesis album? Because he did write album? one of the songs on, in that, on that album at that time. And... Um, the famous one is Pink Floyd, you know, Roger Waters and uh, David Gilmour don't get on famously, mm. but they have agreed to s let each other sing the Pink mm. Floyd songs, mm. especially the songs they both wrote together. Yeah. So that happens a lot with the Beatles as well, isn't it? There are certain songs that Paul McCartney wrote and therefore he can kind of roll them out anywhere. Or is it, are the Beatles a fairly... Well, I'm, I'm, I hate to break it to you, but um, two of them are no longer with no, us. No, I know. But then they also went on to have solo careers, like John Lennon, Paul McCartney. The two of them had solo careers, didn't they? But, uh, well, so that was, Prog Rock was on the list. What else? I believe there was oh, another... So two different spectrums. So I saw one Prog Rock concert, hmm. and then one which is quite similar way, I saw the great Rahat Fateli Khan. Hmm. And in all his splendor and his pomp, when he's doing those Kavalis, those Sufi songs, Bolly, so many Bollywood songs. Mm. And what was really strange was that there was this segment, which I thought, you know, was right up your street, where he did um, Pakistani uh, dramas. You know, there's mm. lots of songs from Pakistani dramas. Do you know the one I'm talking about? Something. Um, Khuda or Mohabbat season three? Part three, that's the one. Huh. So he sang that. Obviously, he's done the theme song, and the whole place erupted. Mm. And he did a couple of other ones. Mm. And, uh, and talking about Pakistani dramas, aren't you very partial to them? I am. Before I speak about Pakistani dramas, you know, they say that a Rahat concert, being at a Rahat concert, is almost like watching the Rolling Stones on stage. It is a theater spectacle is it it is as much about the songs as it is about the lights and the stage You're right. and there's the, the graphics then there's the intense vocals yeah the jugglebandi happening the kawalis that happen for like 12 13 14 minutes things that you can't you don't often enjoy on radio because they're you know, live is always live hmm. no matter what you do hmm. wherever you are so speaking about Pakistani dramas you know I've taken this time off this sabbatical three months to really get into a few uh, dramas that I earlier never had time for uh, I've always been partial to Pakistani dramas we've spoken about Dhub Kinare and Tanhaiya so many times on this podcast but there's one particular drama that I'm watching right now uh, which I believe is one of the most popular dramas going, which is Ham Kaha Ke Sache Thay, which I'm really, really into. It is Mahira Khan's return to um, 
the small screen, as it were, after six years. It also stars Kubra Khan and uh, Usman Mukhtar. It is based on a novel by Umaira Ahmed, and the novel is a very dark novel. I'm loving the fact that people are now willing to shower a lot of love and attention on works of art, on pieces of drama that don't follow your conventional stereotype. Everyone has shades of grey. There are three protagonists, there are three cousins. It's their story. Everyone has shades of grey. You can defend virtually all the characters by saying that so-and-so is doing this because there's is, a backstory. Is this one of those dramas that go on forever? Because, no, that, you know, I'm, I, I'm I, hoping. I can't watch dramas that, you know, you suddenly say are 75 episodes yeah, over three years. I'm hoping it's not going to be one of those. But it's we have only we've only seen uh, up to episode nine. But so far, I think it's progressive progressing beautifully there's not been a moment where you feel ah oh, it's dragging on i wish they'd move on Mahira khan of course is an exceptional actress and so the entire ensemble cast i say talk about Mahira khan I, I only know so much about Mahira khan because i've seen so many photographs of you with her hmm. weren't you at twitter headquarters with her we once? were i got to interview her soon after she did superstar and she was part of a mental health charity that she was championing which is and isn't it like 10 years of Hamsafar? Right it now? is 10 years of Hamsafar as well. Which I know she was in. Yeah. she. That was her f- first big moment. Who, did uh, she, who was she in it with? Fawad Khan. Fawad Khan. So yeah. Mahira and Fawad became overnight superstars, not just in Pakistan, but also in India, which led to their very short careers in Bollywood as well, both for Fawad and for Mahira. So yes, 10 years of Hamsafar, but Ham Kaha Ke Sachche I'm absolutely loving it, is directed by Farooq Rind, who's again, they call him Dada, who's again another director who's meant to be very realistic, you know. A lot of people talk about the big difference between Asian dramas and Western dramas. So these actors say, and in India maybe yehi kehte hain, ki hamare drama mein, you know, wo, wo typical like Ekta Kapoor dramas, close-ups and, you know, everybody standing and delivering a monologue and that is meant to be the highlight of that episode. Whereas if you see in Western dramas, things are a lot more natural. Nobody is standing in one place and delivering a dialogue. They're constantly moving around as you would in life, right? You're moving, you're turning, you're not always looking your best, you're looking natural. And I think there are certain directors in India and Pakistan who belong to that school of filmmaking. Farooq Rind is one of them. And that's why everybody talks about how realistic it looks. They talk about Mahira Khan possibly being the first actress who in hair and makeup kept saying, I don't want makeup. I don't want makeup for this. Because the character is such that she's a plain Jane. But she has some very attractive qualities about her. And if she's in distress, if she's crying, she's not meant to be looking like a million bucks, you know, with rouge and blush and red lips and tears streaming down. That's not who she is. So I think a step towards realism in films and in dramas. Which I, is, that's happening in Indian films as well. Yeah. A lot of these, as you, and this is a quote from you, slice of life movies. Yeah. Oh, there's realistic movies. Yeah. They are art, the ones who are, art type of movies. They are the ones who are dominating the box office. I mean, I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about this more in our next episode because a whole list of Bollywood films have just been published and That's their right. re- release dates. And they're all going to be theatrical. Theatrical of release. Of course, by the time we do our next podcast, you and me would have seen the new Bond movie. Yeah. I'm quite excited about that as well. Yeah. So we're going to talk about all of that. And by the time we do our next podcast, I will be back on air. So three months of sabbatical gone in the blink of an eye. But um, yeah, I've enjoyed every minute of it. And one thing that I started doing in the sabbatical, which I'd not done before, was watch a few Pakistani dramas. Some of them I liked, some of them I felt were run of the mill, so I gave up halfway. But Ham Kaha Ke Sachet is strongly recommended. You know, according to my friends, they're saying that the next big thing, what they're all watching right now, hmm. is um, Korean dramas on Netflix. Korean dramas? Yeah, South Korea hmm. dramas. Oh, wow. 
See, that's what it is. Netflix, Amazon, they've really opened up the entire world to people, to discerning audiences who like, there is a niche for everyone. You know, everyone Actually, has a soft spot. You and me have always been into subtitles. Yeah. We, don't, we don't have that barrier that yeah. oh, we can't watch subtitles. Yeah. But for many, hmm. as soon as the word subtitle appears, it, yeah, it puts, puts them, them off. off. Yeah. So that's where the problem lies. Otherwise, yeah. I believe there's so many good South Indian, Tamil, Bengali, yeah, Gujarati, Gujarati movies. Yeah. That obviously we won't understand, but we've, we've seen. Yeah. I think that's probably because in India, or maybe it's a personal thing, I don't know, because in India we used to really look forward to these film festivals where you would go and see the award-winning films in Malayalam, Tamil, Marathi, Bengali. I understand Bengali, you don't, but we know how many Bengali films you watched with me on Netflix, right? Come so on, I get the gist. Yeah, subtitles. Ami Bengali Jamai, Kintuame Bengali Bujina. Yeah, well, almost there. Uh, but it, yeah, it, it is all about content. Content is king, and it's wonderful to see that uh, uh, the star system, the old star system, has taken a knock. It is definitely fading. Yeah, slowly. Yeah. It's a long way to go. But yeah, it's, it's you can tell that the TV stars are coming up now. Yeah, and you can't just write your Bollywood stars off because they are Bollywood stars. I mean, you can't. Th their past is their past, and they are who they are because of some work they've done, which people have loved. Not saying that, but I think everyone needs to reinvent themselves. Now, that is the name of the game. That's it. That's it. Should we take everyone's leave? I think we should. So until the next episode of the Shabby and Man podcast. Bye-bye now. Take care. See you soon. <laughs>